All right, live. Are we live? Mm -hmm. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I guess we're the this is the mobile edition. Um, today has just been a day. This week has been a week. Thank you. We have been in a midst of. I've been in the midst of a lot of changes and a lot of reorganizing and just getting used to this, I guess, new way of doing things. And I'm growing more frustrated because I feel myself um, giving into the changes and the people and more so businesses and, and organizations that I'm working with or have to work with aren't really taking heed to you know what this is doing to many of us mm -hmm. um and it's it's just frustrating to me because a lot of these businesses have had over four months to really get a lot of this stuff in order and they have not taken the time to figure out how they're going to adjust um they're going to adjust to their new customer service it's like we are supposed to know that certain things aren't aren't the way they supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And it's, just, it's frustrating that we're in a space right now where we're having to get organized. And I feel for businesses because even, you know, here be exposed or the way I run my jewelry business, a lot of things had to change. Mm -hmm. But it's just, they're not really giving us any consideration um, for the change, it's frustrating. That's where I'm at. How are you feeling? Um, well, I feel fortunate to be in a situation right now where, uh, you know, because of what I do, um, adjustments have been made and I've still been able to, um, my, my life's hasn't been as affected by it but i am doing i realize i'm having to do more work without yeah. my pain yeah elevating which is cool which is cool because i understand the time but it is a whole sometimes i put it this way Sometimes, as a contractor, right, you uh -huh. have to decide when to go beyond and still pump the brakes, you know, because it's also relationship affecting how my income works. You see right. what I'm saying? So it's not just my skill. It's not just a gig because people's souls and lives are involved spiritually and emotionally in the, in, in the line of work that I do. So right. sometimes I got to just take one foot for the team. Um, but socially, I totally get it. Um, my, some of my friends are also professional uh, musicians. Mm-hmm and play between here and D.C., but right now, all of that is shut down, and no accommodations are being made for people who 
make their living in an art outside of the uh, 501c3 realm. And a perfect example, something I'm thinking about, you see how all of these online concerts started. Right. I didn't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not aware of any necessarily state funded or city funded concert series where <laughs> artists were invited into the studio to perform as because it's not coming directly from those grantees or those organizers right now. A lot of the funding is being trickled down through um, second level tier or second tier organizations that are then giving funds to or or more grants or allocations to artists to be able to create. So you would have to, you couldn't go to some of the sources that we used to go to now you're going to some of those second tier organizations that are now getting bigger grants uh-huh. and, and, and some of the you know donations and stuff like that are being funneled through more established organizations because they're more trusted, I guess. Um, so right. That's how a lot of those things are happening. Some of them are okay. doing donations, a very small few people, like the, the project that I'm working on now, we're, we're actually going the old way and charging ticket prices. Um, but funding is really tricky right now, especially, you know, and we're here in Baltimore, it's really tricky because a lot of people are getting a lot of secret funding and they're sitting on it. Broadway, ain't nowhere in the world you're not going to tell me Broadway didn't receive any of that, was it, PPP loans uh, for payroll, uh, emergency payroll funding, a lot of them, I'm quite sure Broadway got that money because they something to open is up until there, next year. Is there uh-huh. like uh, how would the I don't I'm not sure what the, it's something called like the, the Actors Guild or something? Isn't that uh-huh. like one of the uh organizations? Like I know in music we have something called ASCAP, we got BMI for publishing. And sometimes they have pro programs like for example, like insurance programs. Um, well, you so, mean unions? You mean unions? Well, see, ASCAP and BMI are performance rights organizations. Right. Not necessarily unions because they don't, mm-hmm. you know, they, their representation basically deals with the collection of money. Only. Right. So um, I know you could get, but they have insurances for musicians like that you can actually buy into through that right. as like you know fifteen dollars you know something like uh-huh. that that you know if your gear gets damaged it's funded you know different things right. like you know for example like when remember when we had the, I think it was Hurricane Katrina or something mm-hmm. when that came through Haiti of course it wrecked but it hit part of it hit the United States. Nashville had flooded out and all of them sound stages and uh, practice facilities and studios, a lot of them flooded out because of the river had overflowed. And there was like funding and insurances and things established for that for musicians and different things that, you know, stuff, the infrastructure was a little better, I guess, (laughs) What I'm saying, I'm, does does the theater realm? 
I would I would think they would have something. Um, in terms of what would be considered professional artists, many of them are in either the Actors Equity Union or um, the Screen Actors Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, television has a lot of unions, but when you start coming down to professional artists who do this for a living, but have not done enough or don't have enough uh, um, equity hours or Mm -hmm. film credits or TV time to Mm -hmm. be considered for the union, there aren't any um, unions that protect us. That what happens for specifically for actors and entertainers, what happens is if you're out of work, if you are, if you're in the union, if you're out of work for any, any, any reason, like you haven't gotten a show, like teachers, you can apply for unemployment or benefits. Okay. There's no life insurance and health insurance benefits. That's along with it. Um, mm-hmm. But like right now, they're kind of in the same predicament that many people on unemployment are on because they mm-hmm. got this plus six hundred dollars in addition to what they would normally get. But this, I think this was the first pay cycle that many people went back to what they would normally get. And now they're trying to decide what to do for people, I guess in the month of August with the Congress. Um, Outside of that, many of the cities or local uh, places, they normally have art organizations. Like Maryland has the Maryland um, Arts Council. And a lot of Mm -hmm. the federal money is funneled through the Maryland Arts Council to various organizations and that money is supposed to then be allocated to programming and individual artists and so on and so forth. We also have BOPA. BOPA is another organization like that here in Baltimore and all every city mostly has these types of organizations. What happens is there becomes a clique of artists that they work with. And for whatever reason, those are the only artists that seem to benefit the most from it. Or if an artist doesn't have a certain amount of years of tenure behind them or uh, experience behind them, not experience, but just time as a business, um, they don't have rights to a lot of that money. Like, it's not a right to get it. They normally allocate it based off of what you're doing. For the pandemic, a lot of the organizations was giving away emergency funding, meaning they all had different amounts depending on who you were. You still had to go through some hoops to be able to get it, like tell them who you were, but it wasn't like send in your resume, send in a copy of this and, and the work that you didn't have to prove necessarily a lot of your work, but it still was a pick and choose who they thought needed it more than this person. They not sitting in front of us. They looking at a, a, a PDF that we sent in in a form of a, a application. So there are, on, on all the different levels, there have been opportunities for people to get funding. Again, a lot of the clicky programs allocated the funds with the way they wanted to, which is unfortunate. So you, you as an artist would have benefited from some of, a lot of those grants. There's still some available. Um, and the regular grants were all closed down for some of them are reopening, but a lot of them closed down because they didn't want to allocate those funds 
to the emergency funds. They they basically got a lot of emergency funds from various places, whether they do donations or the government, and they allocated those funds. And a lot of those places are still sitting on a lot of the regular grant cycle cycle funding. So for theater, visual artists, musicians, um, and on a local level, there are things that places that you could go or write to or go to their website in order to seek funding. It's just that sometimes it's a clicky situation. I got you. I got you. Totally. Totally. I get it. um, Today, um, we're going to talk about a couple different things because um, I know Marnie's sitting over there twiddling his thumbs, waiting for his portion of the conversation. But I'm going to save that towards the end so we can get some Okay. some media issues out. Um, I'm going to start with what I'm doing right now. So right now I'm working on a production called A Real Nigger Show. Um, it's It's been a play for the last 17 years and right okay. now it's turning into a live stream multimedia um, production that will okay. also be live stream opposed to performed in a theater space. Okay. Um, a lot of the themes that are surrounding uh, what's in that play, ra- rather, are issues that myself and Curtis have been, we talk about outside of the show and on the show. Um, one of the things we, uh, I don't know if you want to, uh, well, if you're, if you're comfortable talking about what we were talking about before the show started, um, but a lot of us are dealing with issues. Now, a, a small portion of us are finding um, solitude and and healing within the things that we already participate in. The problem is a lot of the healing that takes place is, is going in a circle. So it's doing us good, but it's not really healing us in a way that we would need to. Like there are a lot of groups that me and Curtis have talked about that aid in supporting each man. Um, when you you know, the, your buddies that you go out and play basketball with, that's often a, a, a space for us to um, find healing. Um, the arts, being artists, we sometimes put ourselves in our work. So that becomes, in my opinion, a temporary form of healing. Because once the lights go out, once the curtains are closed, once the show is over, mm-hmm. we back to hours looking at ourselves. Mm-hmm. in the mirror um and we have to find more stable ways and that's not to say the arts can't heal us because they often do but it requires for us to stay in it like it has to be mm-hmm. a routine thing to do and not just gig a gig or i go see right. a show or um often the arts helps us to bring up the questions that we are that that are surrounding some of the issues that we're going through um and for many of us, specifically black men, it still becomes a vehicle for frustration. Mm-hmm. I had a rehearsal last night, and the problem was um, I brought up one of the gentlemen were doing a monologue, and he was rightfully so. A part of the play is a gentleman talking to his dad, his uh, dad that's being represented by an empty chair, and he is talking to his dad about how he was raised based on what he's seeing from his dad and, and it being a lot of contradictions and 
so on and so forth, but you got to come see the play to be able to see the whole thing. But anyway, okay. my note to him was, can we see more layers of hurt? Hurt for black men often comes out as anger. And that anger grows and bubbles and explodes. But I want to see more layers to us. I want to see more uh, sides to us that doesn't always equate to us punching something or someone or going off or being violent towards something. And normally when our problems are unresolved, that's normally the end all be all to it. So situations like that, um, me and Curtis uh, last week got into um, health um, as it pertains to what we're eating, what we're consuming. And part of that conversation, um, I think I brought up in order for us to work on our eating habits, we have to work on our financial habits because you have to be able to afford that healthy lifestyle. A healthy lifestyle will cost you 10 times as much as me going to McDonald's and getting something off the dollar menu. Um, and if I'm going to improve my financial status or my financial stability, I'm then going to have to work on some mental issues that I may have around surrounding finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's other things, you know, that fit between those three components, but those things have to be worked in in some order or all together or some way. And the end result is that we're dying from diseases, complications to diseases. Um, we're facing a pandemic and many of us are, are really at arm because a lot of us have pre-existing conditions or circumstances that would make us more vulnerable to um, COVID-19. And all three of those issues have to be taken care of. And we have to start with our mental health in order to really break down some of the cycles. So I want, um, if you can, uh, give kind of your perspective on that. Do you agree that those three have to be taken care of or can we just deal with the eating habits alone? Absolutely. I think all, all three, first of all, you have to handle all of them. You have to, it's, it's not a, this or that it's it is an all of them but i think one the one that we can see the most immediate change and difference uh take place in right away would be what we're consuming definitely uh through nutrition it can be expanded but definitely starting with this 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 what, what, what we uh, kind of came up with, I don't know if it's out there, but this agricultural apartheid, uh, you know, type of thing that's happening. Right. Uh, it's just an actual fact that when it comes to farmland, that has been monopolized. Our people don't even really have a hand in that game, you know, on the scale of uh, where we could put a dent in that market economically um, as far as competition. Right. However, if our habits, our consumption habits change, we'll see changes in the economics of our community, 
the economics of our household, the economics of our health. Right. You know, like they're all interconnected, interconnected because um, I think we touched on so many things talking about it. And I'm, uh, we didn't, I didn't have pen and paper. We were just flowing when we were talking about it. But perfect mm-hmm. example of that would be the whole insurance industry. I know we had mentioned that. Like when, when, when all of that stuff is drawn up, they got so many games attached to that, like your zip code. What city you live in, what state you're this, they got all these things where they come up with these numbers, right? To put a plan together for you. And what you, I'm, I'm saying that preventative, the best preventative health care we could do would be to abandon the carryouts, to abandon, you know the fast food and come up with alternatives. So it may mean, and, and it's, this is not protest that we're talking about. We're talking about like a paradigm shift, like meaning if there are going to be restaurants and things in our community to serve us, they have to serve us according to what our dietary standards are. Now, some people may say that's impossible, but all you have to do if you're in Baltimore is go on Park Heights and cross Northern Parkway. And I guarantee you will only see restaurants thriving that serve the Jewish community and meet their dietary standards, period, because they're not going to support anything else. They have no culture that, that leads them and that's interconnected in their economics. Those businesses are run by their people. Those businesses serve their people. Make sure, you know, I I actually take the trip to go get the food because I understand the value of it. I don't buy any food in Baltimore City. Not that it may not be some good, but I know what I'm getting when I go to. I, I don't let them feed me nothing that I, they wouldn't feed their own children and their own family. I know the value of eating a kosher diet. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I eat that. And, and and it's not, and do I eat it all the time? No, but most of my diet is definitely a kosher diet. And the quality of the of the fruit from there oh, yeah, is different than what I'm going to get in uh, uh, Stop, Shop, and Save on uh, Rice's Town and Cold Spring or something like that. No, take the trip, see what they're eating. Go go into these Asian communities, see how see what these people are, are eating, because that is a part of the economics of your community. If you're unhealthy, you broke down, beat down, messed up, you have nothing. You have nothing. But I'm, I'm, I'm but my argument, and I wholeheartedly agree with you, but the reason I brought up the other two components. The financial component and then a mental behavior, mental um, well-being component is often when you have healthier options, it's going to cost you more. Even when we open up health, more health conscious um, restaurants and and places for us to obtain uh, knowledge about healthier eating, it Uh costs us more. And many people 
we already spent a lot of money eating. I out. disagree. I disagree. I'm, I'm just. I disagree. I'm, but, 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 no, but no, let's go ahead and let's, at, let's go ahead and at, jump in the fire. Let's jump. No, in the but fire. I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, look, you're speaking about just in general. I'm speaking about people who have in their mind created a value system for okay. subs and crabs and certain certain restaurants. They put a value to that. I, my problem, my problem is, but see, to get into the why, we can't be dealing with the food right away. We got to deal with finances, that people's relationship with their money. We got to deal with the mental connection to food. Okay. Well, yeah, me, definitely. Me, I I've never ate. I've never eaten certain things like um. I've never eating. I've never ate certain things like um, like certain pig parts because once mm -hmm. I realized that chitlins were intestines, that was gross to me. Right. So I never invested right. my money or my time right. into eating those things. Right. Right. I'm, I'm saying, in order for us to really fix the structure. On mm -hmm. our health, you got to mm -hmm. go backwards a little bit and, right. and deal with our relationship with money. Because the moment, okay. I mean, just certain habits, when you get paid, the first thing we used to do was go get something to eat. Right. So but what, afford what is, all what that, that we that, wanted to eat. That we, that we, so my, my disagreement was with the cost of it. Now, mm. on the surface, it looks like it's going to cost more. Now, I, I, for example, I went to the butcher last uh, Friday, mm -hmm. and I bought three pounds of uh, ground lamb meat. Okay, that was like seventeen dollars a pound. Right, and uh, so I spent like almost fifty bucks on three pounds of meat. Mm -hmm. Now the thing is, I understand that I shouldn't be eating meat every single day. You see what I'm saying? Like, not red meat, so to speak, mm -hmm. every single day. But on top of that, I got to observe the quality of that meat. Yes, it does cost a little bit more than some $6, $7 a pound ground beef or whatever. Mm -hmm. However, the economics of what that does for your body See, that long term, which feeds that health insurance industry. Yeah, but that's, you know what getting into, that's getting into why people value their money. So if I. So, so you're saying they look, don't value the money. Enough. They don't. And okay, I say I we you. don't. We I don't. Because I we're, taught to, we're taught to get the most out of the least. So mm, if I only right. make this amount of money, right. I can't put half of my my money that I make for the month into buying healthier food. That doesn't make mm. sense when, I mean, for me as a single person, I can shop, you know, mm -hmm. for, in family value size and mm. really get a lot for my money because it's just me eating. Mm. But when you got, you start adding on children and my, my grandmother lives with me and my uncle Charlie lives with me and I, you mm -hmm. know, I'm taking care of my, my sister's shop. When you start getting into the numbers of it, those meal plans start to add up. You know, mm -hmm. what would it cost me maybe four, $4 to eat for each meal per day now is 
you know, twice that or three times that, if not yeah. more. So yeah. that's why you get that's why you get food stamps according to how many people are on your application and not mm -hmm. just for the price of food. Because even if you stop for the price of food, you're gonna run out. So now I gotta start substituting things that quality to match up to the quantity that I need. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, instead of me buying healthier noodles, I'm gonna buy that big box of oodles and noodles and substitute the noodles for that. So that's right. that's when it gets to an unhealthy predicament. Right. And many of right. us, even once we grew up, I remember when I first moved out on my own, I said to myself, I'm never buying bologna. And it was another thing that I said I would never buy, but I would never buy bologna and I would never buy hot dogs. Because, you know, growing up with all my uncles and aunts and all the people that was in our house, mm -hmm. that often was a meal that my grandmother would cook just to be able to feed all the grandchildren and all. And I said, mm -hmm. I would never eat those noodles. I'll never eat bologna and I'll mm -hmm. never eat. Right. right. And I just, and no, and, but the cause, you know, the reality of it is, you know, unless you jump out mm -hmm. for your first time and you making top dollar, that don't right. make financial sense. Right. Right. So, so now I got to right. figure out how to still eat on that economical budget while mm -hmm. still being able to enjoy the things. And it has nothing to do with money. Uh, it, right. It's more so your relationship with money because we all mm -hmm. know how to, in whatever way we do, make the money. Yeah. Problem then comes in: what do I do with the money long term? Right. That's the that's the issue. And many people don't know how to deal with money long term. I definitely was one of those people because I just knew make money, buy what I want, and mm -hmm. that was it. You know, long term thinking came in the form of you know putting something on layaway. That's as, right. as far as some people go with with long-term thinking. Right. I'm gonna put this Let me ask you this. Do you think, I totally get what you're saying about that, that end of the economics of it. Mm -hmm. You think it's possible to value money right if you don't value your body right? And by that, I mean- But see, both I of mean, them are secondary on. to your mental stability. So if your mental is not, but I'm, I'm answering, but my mental stability matters more than financial and health. Because if that's not in order, I'm not really paying attention to my money or how I'm eating. Okay. No so, how much money you may have. So, so my thing is, because I, I'm kind of arriving to the point where I don't think you could separate any of the three. And the reason why I'm saying it is the, like, for example, do we really know? I mean, we can see it, obviously, when we look at the, the grand scale, the effects of what sugar and white flour have done to people. Mm -hmm. But that's a part of the American, man, I think they said how many tons of pizza is sold in this country? What the fuck is pizza? It's not, man, that is a, but we, we love it. Mm -hmm. that, the cheese, the grease, you know, all the it's sauce. It's a meal in one. It's like a sandwich. It's like yeah. a sandwich. And, it, and, it, and it, it, it puts some, some weight on your stomach. It makes you feel full, but it's not uh, helping your brain function and your body. Cause once that, 
all that bread breaks down. That's just straight up sugar. But I'm telling you, you you're, know? you're speaking. You're speaking from a space of knowing, and we have to be careful. The same thing that happens to preachers. Preachers normally mm -hmm. speak from a, a place of already knowing about the relationship of God, and then trying to teach it to people who don't don't have one already. Well, I'm so, saying, so be, but hold on. So let me say what my what where I'm going with that. Where where I'm going with that. It's because people believe in the law so much, right? And the, the system. What you can do is rather than teaching people the same way you didn't teach them necessarily to eat that way, you put those businesses there. Mm -hmm. You can get those businesses out of there and put something else there. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it's a re replacement theology is what I'm talking about. Now. But I'm I'm stating to you, because that's already started to happen in mm -hmm. many of our communities. You got Dove Coat that's over mm -hmm. there by, you know, White Lock. You got mm -hmm. um, uh, Land of Kush that's down there by Martin Luther King Boulevard. You have a lot of these places um, that are already starting to sprout up. And I think okay. what is happening is they're starting to get a clientele that is not their norm because this type of eating, say juicing or um, juicing, for example, a lot of the smoothie places um, mm -hmm. are is trendy to eat that way. So it's right. trendy to have a, it's not even about having a nice body. It's trendy to exercise now. It's trendy right. to be the dude that has a Facebook uh, channel where he shows you him, him working out or uh -huh. um, him working out other people. And it's, it begins to be less about health and more about what's trending. I'm saying this because a lot of those places are now there, but the educational component is not there with a lot of those businesses because now they're turning into regular carryouts. So people are eating food that they don't know what they're eating. And now you're having people being unhealthy and healthy. There's a such thing as being a fat vegan. And that's because you're eating a lot of processed vegan-ish foods or vegetarian uh -huh. foods. And you're, those places are turning into regular carryouts. You have people that's going to get a smoothie and then going to the sub shop. But they think they're eating healthy because they're having a smoothie. Really, yeah. they're having two different meals. Yeah, that's and that, so that's that's that is kind of insane. Um, but that's but, but I'm, I'm speaking on I'm I'm talking I'm speaking over myself. Um, you know, in the beginning yeah. of this, I used to do that. Like, I'll go get a really healthy meal, and then like, let me go support this smoothie place in my neighborhood. And I, the lady, it was funny because she saw me eating the meal uh, uh -huh. and the smoothie. she was like you know you're having two different meals and i was like well i was looking at this as more of a balance i didn't really look at it as right. like <laughs> you know the meal replacement uh -huh. but the educational the educational component is gone because we're able to now start to be able to afford healthier eating more than before when we wasn't really interested in, in farming because now a lot more people now want to be farmers and I think that's great, but that ain't my thing. I'm not digging in no dirt. Um, so I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pay the extra right. couple of dollars for you to do right. it and me buy it from right. you. Right. But we have to then think about mentally, we have this thing about fast food. 
So mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to this restaurant or I'm gonna go to Grubhub and I'm gonna order healthy, but I don't know mm -hmm. what I'm eating. Uh -huh. I don't know. Right. We don't, and that's that's the that's the killer, man. We don't know. No. We don't know what they what they're feeding us. We know what they say it is. Right. We don't know what and so we have to get back into the culture of uh home cooked meals. Now yeah. I got I gotta take a pause real quick because I gotta pick up baby boy. You good, you good. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of switch the topic a little bit, but we'll okay. we'll pick it back up. Right so right now, uh as our Friday shows are moving and progressing onward, I need for everybody to begin to uh chime in and, and send us information on the things that you want us to speak on or you want to hear about or things that we may say that you may not agree with or you may disagree with and a lot of these issues i'm i'm grappling with finding a third young a third person to be that woman's perspective so our conversation stays open and honest to everybody um on the other side of that um i think real healing happens when you isolate yourself from anything that's opposing to your perspective, and then you're able to bring it to the group, and then you're able to have a better sense of what the issues are, what the problems are. But right now, what me and Curtis are working through are a lot of our own personal um, needs as it pertains to being Black men. Today, I got to have an awesome conversation with Jackie Terry. And if you don't know Jackie Terry, she's a phenomenal writer and poet and actress and artist. Um, I went to college with her, but Jackie was a non-traditional student and that I believe Jackie is in her early 50s right now. And I'm really, I had an awesome conversation with her about what I'm doing here and the importance to me. Simultaneously, I'm also working on um, a book project and I call it a project because I don't want it to be the typical um, this is my life story, or I'm blasting anybody, or I'm blaming anybody. But I'm physically going through a therapy session and and writing this book. And the importance, the importance of me getting this out because I feel like I'm too young to even write like the book of my life. But a lot of the experiences that I have, I'm coming across. Uh, I'm coming. Across Across men like Curtis, and uh, we spoke with um, a couple times. We spoke with um, David Charles, and a number of a number of individuals that um, that speak to things that I've gone through. You know, as as me as a black man, I felt like I was alone at this because I didn't meet a lot of men who would admit. To some of the things that I had gone through that I was starting to bring up in certain places. And then I got to another stage in my, my adulthood where I started physically meeting men who came across to me as that, that uh, what's the phrase, uh, who hurts you type of men. Um, and I kept running across those type of men and I would say that, like, who hurts you? What, what happened? Like, why are you like this bitter person or why are you so confrontational or why don't you communicate effectively and i began to look into my at myself more and realize the parts of me that i was starting to hide or deny or just simply live through and those things were um really important for me to get out of myself because it became toxic in within myself 
And I realized a lot of those thoughts, a lot of those perspectives were not healthy. So my conversations and me and Curtis getting to know each other, it's it's been about us exposing some of those things that we've gone through and we've been through in a place where we can be more healthy about dealing with it. And we're not just talking about it. It's the Iyanla effect where we're simply getting high off of that feeling of being hurt or rejected or um, uh, embarrassed or mistreated or neglected as a child. And those things are following us in, into our adulthood. I just worked through the first three chapters of my book and I didn't realize how much, how much I remembered as a child. And I'm not talking about seven or eight, I'm talking about younger than that. I, I was speaking about a memory I had while in kindergarten. And I didn't imagine, it, it helped me to realize better we have to watch what we say around children because they pick up and they absorb and they may not have personal understanding at that point, but it becomes more clear to them as they grow older. So they start realizing the lies and things like that. But now that uh, Curtis is back, I was just briefly going over, you know, the direction this is going into and us getting deeper into the conversation and not just bashing, but us really paying attention to solutions and trying to figure things out in a space where we are comfortable with ourselves in a way where we can begin to talk about some of these things so we can get rid of a lot of it because it, be, it makes our body, we're speaking about food making us unhealthy, um, memories that, that are unresolved or issues or trauma unresolved is more toxic than any food or medication can be to your body because it starts breaking you down up here, which makes everything else not important. Um, right. Where are, I'm, I'm about to ask you like some more therapeutic questions, but um, in terms of your mental healing, what would you like to see happen in say the next five or 10 years for yourself personally, and maybe for other men around you that may be going through some of the similar things? Um. The first thing for myself mentally, I would say acceptance, number one, of just the reality of things. Like some things I'm like when I told you, like before we came on air, I was like, yeah, I went ape shit on my girl. Like I, I snapped on her. Like, mm -hmm. and and when I say snap, it wasn't physical, but you know, some people consider like I, I Unfortunately, we have a snowflake culture. I gotta, I gotta say it. You can say the wrong thing and trigger somebody, but they'll once again they'll come with the who hurt you. But it's like, yo, this is my, this is my truth, and right. I'm speaking it. And uh, you know, so I need to grow greater in the element of myself that accepts the differences and stops holding back as much. Um, mm -hmm. sacrificing myself, my own, uh, you know, my own truth as much, you know, being able to really discern when, uh, more often than not to bring the sword or to just be silent. But sometimes I'm, 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 I need to grow in greater acceptance of 
using my sword to cut when necessary. And by that, I don't mean like verbally attack or abuse or anything, but I mean staying firm, bro, because Mm -hmm. people will make you deny yourself and you'll start living a lie. You'll be living in misery inside of a situation for the rest of your life. And just I'm not I'm not a big rah-rah supporter of social media. Not social media, mm-hmm. but reality shows. But I think mm-hmm. we need to start watching them more. And mm-hmm. watching them for the, the, the social living experiment that these people have become. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying to a clip, and maybe we can talk about this next week, but <coughs> there's a um, celebrity boot camp merge mm-hmm. edition or it, 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 it's it's for couples and and married couples and single and, and individuals like non-married couples and uh-huh. sometimes most it used to be just random people but now they only stick to mainly reality stars or like b-list celebrities and stuff like uh-huh. that and it's their way of staying relevant in this social media stage but there was recently an experiment that kind of it didn't necessarily mirror what she was going through but there was a young lady on the show that uh they were given an assignment so they all were given these buzzers and they were given these sheets that the, their partner did not know what was on the sheets so whenever their partner acted out in these bullet point ways they were supposed to push a buzzer well it was this one lady mm-hmm. who, who was so subconscious about what was on the sheet and she didn't realize what she thought was on the sheet was something totally different mm. than what was actually on the sheet. And he kept buzzing her. So she thought he was buzzing her for behavior that she used to have, trying to trigger her to react to him in a different way, not realizing maybe what I'm doing is on his bullet point sheet. And that's why he, so she ended up throwing like a this big ass apple at his head and really affect. Like it, I guess it stunned him, and he 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 was biting down the whole time. Like you could tell, he was mm. like, and they <laughs> went to the big group session where they were supposed to be letting it out. Now she went in a totally different direction because she understands how to get to him, and mm-hmm. he falls for the trap. So he's in the he's in this meeting and he snaps because what she's saying out her mouth is very disrespectful to him. But it's it's more so to his pride and his intelligence that he's been affected by this. So he chokes okay. her up. They remove him from the show at this point, and she's left with all of this victimizing uh, emotion coming from her. This victim mm-hmm. emotion coming from her. And most most of the people that were commenting on the show kept saying, "Well, you are just as involved in this as he was. He's wrong for putting his hands on you, but you provoked that behavior." So that is so hard. What's so hard about you expressing that words or that emotion to an individual that you know it's not like a stranger, but you know the person. What what happens when your real feelings want to surface, but you want to stay PC? See, you know what? See, it's easier for me to say what have what can happen when I'm talking about dealing with males than dealing with females. Yeah. You know how we as males are like, yo, we will 
argue that shit out. Or it just be it a fight. It just go to being a and fight. It's done. Uh, it's oh, like we and sometimes we have heated arguments. We ain't even trying to hurt each other. We can actually agree to disagree. Right, right. It's not like that with it now. People will say I make now. I run across a few here and there, but for the my experience, first of all, I was raised in the matriarchy. I know mm-hmm. what I'm saying is what I'm, I'm just speaking. What I saw, what I see, <laughs> you know, men handle, and then we know when to stop because we know how when men cross a certain level. It's only a certain place that things can go. And for the most part, men don't want to go there with each other. But a woman knows she is by default protected when it gets there. Right. She gets there no matter. She knows by default, like, you are going to be wrong, sir. Because they want to (laughs) finish. And and most times it's, it's necessary for you to finish. Mm-hmm. But often we don't want to, because we know the finish is going to be bloody. Right. Not not even necessarily physical, but we right. know she's not really ready, or even if it's not a relationship, it could be a female, period. They're not yeah. ready for the level of honesty that they're trying to pull out of you. And then right. you have to deal with the hurt that they feel from after them pulling right. it out of you before you can right. even finish dealing with the problem. And most times, I don't think we want to deal with all of that. Let's we just don't. say I was wrong, you was right, move on. Uh-uh, they want details. And, and it's crazy that even with us talking about this, I was just about to say what came to my subconscious, man. It's like, man, you got to suck that shit up. That's the that's, But that's what society But you're talking about us. yourself. We don't never it tell is. them that. Yeah, yeah. We don't never tell them that. But a dude, yo, eat that shit. That's just how we talk to each other. But the female, nigga, you fired. Nigga, you lose your house, your, your career over. Just because mm-hmm. you are brutally honest and you spoke your, your truth. Like the way people coming at Terry Crews right now. Mm-hmm. He, you know, yeah. the, no matter what side of the fence. So that man speaking his truth. Why we got to, you know, you like, oh my God. Like anything. It could be anything right now. Mm-hmm. You could be. A person who, uh, like, uh, for example, the ma- when the whole thing went up, went down, and uh, where surrounding George George Floyd's death, right? Mm-hmm. The mayor who was there, the whole uh, "Go home, Jacob, go home" thing. It was like a male shame because he wasn't given into mm-hmm. uh, a certain mindset, and who had the microphone in their hand. The female. So he had no comeback. He just, even though he was trying to apply some logic from his perspective, it immediately turned to, oh, fuck him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, when you gotta, you can't, it's almost no middle ground. So right. my thing is, I'm gonna go ahead, back to our point, acceptance that there's no middle ground. And I'm just gonna go ahead and, and live my truth because um it is mentally damaging. My body physically so one of our one of our listeners, Sequoia. Hey, what's up, Sequoia? She says women are emotional, we carry hurt, 
we need to learn to release the pain and let go. Yes. So the pain may be as a result of something that happened to them like this before, but because they didn't resolve it, or maybe the guy just got ghosts, they never dealt with it. So now uh -huh. you're going to deal with all the hurt that I ever had to deal with. Yeah, and I'm you're like, I'm going to deal with this, and you want to enjoy it. Right. You, you run, you run in the, uh, the the Android code, and I'm an iMac. <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's a different operating system. But you bring in you bring in that to me. And I'm not even my my consciousness may be like it's it's certain things um that you know I just gotta grow to accept them to, to and be okay. I, I gotta admit, sometimes I'm not okay with my lady being mad with me. But what happens to me is I suppress that two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. And then, where the fuck this come from? This, 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 this. And I've been having to eat this. Oh, I couldn't say this. The children was around. I couldn't say, I can't speak this. Mm. Because, and you want to play games, you know, we laying in the bed next to each other and we, back, you know, we ain't talking. Yo, I, I can't live like that no more. Yeah. I can't, I can't use that stuff. But most of us do. And that, that leads to people cheating. That leads to people going outside of their marriage and, and or just slowly pulling away. Whereas though if it was resolved or there was a um there was a communication that was listened to from both perspectives it may not have necessarily needed to get to that level, but mm -hmm. because we often refuse, you men, you know, and, and it, it, it's certain things. That's why I'm saying this celebrity boot camp thing, it is therapy. And I, I suggest people don't get, stuck into, don't get stuck into the characters as much as these lessons, because there's a way that you learn how to communicate that you only get when you're in like couples therapy like i don't mm -hmm. that that couples therapy needs to be taught to individual people like that needs to be a class or you know a, a live stream we can go to but it, it tells us how to effectively argue you're never supposed to say you don't never or what's the other one you always like those things denote to mm -hmm. us pulling things in we we have to only argue on one one something we can't we can't think that thing but if you talk to him putting his socks on the floor you can't bring that into this argument that ain't what we argue right. about okay okay i like that <laughs> you, just, that, you have to learn something that quick right but in communication yeah. and but you you have to learn that because you may not always do that yourself but that may be a part of the argument that you keep falling for the traps like yeah. i never like how many times I just had an argument with Amazon that kept saying, you always, and I'm like, the fuck is you talking about? Like, I, this only happened three times. But in their <laughs> minds, that's always. Right. That's always. Right. And, and, and we have to stop using words that combine, combining uh -huh. words. Uh, and, and, right. and that's our conversation in general. Even if you're not talking to the person you're in a relationship. If you're talking to your side piece, if you're talking to your best friend mm -hmm. or your, a parent, you got to use the same level of communication. 
because I'm holding right. on to stuff that I've been biting on, which most men do, and most right. women pretend that they're doing, but they're just right. it's just like a caboose train, like they're just adding on another mm -hmm. train to this, this another car to this train, right? And we're right. and we're sitting on where we've let go of the content, the content don't even matter to us at this point. We're sitting mm -hmm. on the things that we want to say in response. Because mm -hmm. if I say this, right. this is over. <laughs> do you want me to tell you the truth? It's almost right. like a warning because they know they have an answer in their mind already. So when mm -hmm. we either we fulfill that answer that they have in their mind, they pissed mm -hmm. off. But you already had that in your mind. Why ask me the question mm -hmm. if you already knew that? Right, right. And see, Lie to that'll turn into a, a a a heated discussion for me. Like, why did you ask me that? For example, for and example, your, your sister says, your sister says, Sonia says, it's all it all come out at one time. Yep, that's kind of how it is. And then I look crazy. You see what I'm saying? But I'm not crazy. What it is is, I never, I I was subconsciously forced and socially forced and yeah. so, so you think oh man you snapped on me but i'm like now if we'd have had the 30 conversations that needed to be had over the last eight weeks leading yeah. up to this moment mm -hmm. you would think i was crazy yeah 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 and then I, 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 I feel crazy. bad <laughs> i feel bad because i've always been a peacemaker in arguments like i let's just figure out how to get out of this peacefully. But that doesn't always solve anything. Or the peacemaker is the one that normally has to bear the brunt of everything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know what I what I learned from reading? Uh, I learned this actually out of a, a book dealing with uh, like Kabbalah talking about the ego, talking about how your, your ego, a lot of times people who write the book, they really have an ego problem. Because that's another mm. form of control. So rather than living your truth, sometimes biting your truth is a false form of mm. control. Like it's it's your ego controlling it. When sometimes shit gotta be said, bro. It gotta be dealt with right there. It can't be, you know. Sometimes we're gonna have, you just to, get, gotta, we're gonna have to get Sequoia and Tonia on here. Uh Sequoia says, I just had a conversation with my partner that when we are arguing, she don't know if she's dealing with the 5, the 12, the 16, the 25, the 36, or the 40-year-old me. A traumatic past is a beast when it has not been, re been healed. And Tonia says, I say, let broads have it. Women might not agree, but we have a vengeful nature. And it's and but we're taught to tiptoe around women. We're not taught to go at them because that's attacking. That's mm -hmm. a, that's too aggressive. But often you have sometimes that Mama! let them have it mm -hmm. because you are often biting your tongue for the wrong reason. And had you just spoken up or spoke up, it would not have gotten to that level. Hi. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> But it, it becomes it becomes definitely hard to deal with. And and Sequoia mm -hmm. brought up the, the trauma aspect of it. 
we have to stop arguing from our hiding spaces. If something has happened to you, you have to deal with that. I don't deserve you, you fighting me from other aspects of your experience. I don't deserve uh-huh. it because I wasn't there. And even if I was there, you should have dealt with that. That's something you should have dealt with. And we have to deal with that issue separate from whatever may be bothering us right now. And we uh-huh. are from past tense. Like she said, she don't know what age of, of her life she was arguing with at that time. But right. I try to stick to the topic when I'm arguing with people. I, I like, I like that. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. At one point, we arguing about this one thing. Right. When and when you and when you when you're in an argument with anybody, you gotta learn how to keep them on task and remind them. And if they're not willing to see by that rule, you gotta exit that conversation because they're not uh-huh. ready to argue at that point. They're not ready to right, have the conversation right, right, because they right. want to bring up everything else that led up to them being totally angry in this moment. And when right. people explode, you can't often come back from that. Right. You you and can. see, that's the, that's the me that I got to work on. Like, so, <laughs> because when I, like... It you take, look like you got a little petty in you. You look like you got a, I, a little I do. Up, a I little do. petty. I, I'm, I'm often called an asshole. You know? Oh, okay. So you got a lot I'll, of petty in you. Yeah, when it when when it really get on my nerves, I I gotta admit it. I do. Like I'll just I'll just do. I'll hold on to something that somebody said, like like something they said to get at me. Like well, like but I be but it was clever. But I'll come right back with it. It might take me a month. I'll be like, oh yeah, it come right back with it. like they might use a song quote or something, a quote from a song. In reference to something I did, and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna remember that one." See, I, this I, is, I, is, you know why? See, this is why. This is why I like your sister. She is calming. She said, "And it's not attacking women. I have been pacified forever. Women have been pacified forever, and with that, uh, they have become arrogant in our movements with relationships. We talk more than we listen. We're quick to swing." Mm. He said, "Petty ass Leo game." Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? Check this out. Mm. Look at what's going on with them in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, it'll look just like a family goddamn reunion. Can't get, you know. So, and I'm not just saying. I'm not saying that. This, what, what basically what I'm saying is women are now being exposed to some of the things that men came home from work with that they dealt with every day for the last 200 goddamn years. But see, it's unfair though because they're now swinging and uh, they're swinging at things that don't even amount to what we're arguing about. Right. So, so right. when we're arguing, I'm automatically attacking you. I'm automatically right. misogynistic. If I if I feel a, my emotion and my rage is too high at this moment, I'm being a misogynistic right. a hole, or I'm, I'm out to, you out to get them. You, yeah. you and that's and it's, um, it becomes like like she said, it becomes unfair. Like the argument now unfair. is unbalanced. You because can't you, fight. You that. Always have that card in your back pocket. Whereas though, yeah. I'm like. 
wait a minute, so I'm being arrested because we had a fight on Facebook? Like, what is what is this going on? I'm going to that. Your post? It's common to that, bro. Like, uh-huh. and, and I tell people this. This is this is where I am with it. I'm okay with everybody expressing their truth. I'm okay with that. I think there should be a platform for it. And if you don't like it, don't listen to it. I used to go and when the internet first started really popping, when we first moved out of out of the dial-up modem into the mm-hmm. internet phase. I yeah. used to go into um, a lot of uh, grassroots uh, southern hold on Cairo hold on Cairo I used to go into their uh, their forums back mm-hmm. in the day everything was censored and honestly you'd be surprised at a lot of stuff that you could learn and perspectives of mm-hmm. people who we call racist Mm -hmm. not everything they say is fucking ridiculous it's not and i ain't i ain't talking about i'm talking about you got you got scales of races most people think racist people are are ignorant they're not you got professors of history professors of theology (laughs) lawyers all kinds of people who are racist so Mm -hmm. my thing is learn what you can learn listen You know what I'm saying? Because those other perspectives matter. Um, those other perspectives when it comes matter. to racism, we get so angry. We get so angry at racism because they establish a lot of the pitfalls that we began to, we continuously fall into. It was a system that they set up. So I think that's why we get so angry, even at the truthful things that racism said. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. So we have to start being able to distinguish between our anger and why we're mad. Right, right, and this right now, yeah, it's it's a lot to learn um, from each other, and, and and I say that to say that those platforms for for the different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when we start to silence people, and we got all this cancel culture, I don't want to hear you talk. You are cutting off possibly some of the greatest revelations in community. Like, just you explaining mm-hmm. what you explained about a reality TV show. I haven't watched any reality TV in like 10 years. we have a perception of it in our minds. Yeah, but what you just explained made me say, I'll at least go and look at that one to see some of the methods and techniques there's been because those shows are definitely dealing with behavioral psychology and all kinds of other stuff it's stuff so to be learned for, for this show in particular i to defend it they do have um judge toller the little short black lady and mm-hmm. a therapist there so it's not just these people just run them up on camera they actually have a therapist and judge toller who is sitting there giving them relationship advice and giving them psychology advice as the show is moving on. It's not just them mm-hmm. on a camera yeah. and somebody said go. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I'm watching it in a different way because I'm like you like you just provoked him and you know you poking the bed right now. So mm-hmm. when he pop off on you oh my god like he been hit me so much like oh my mm-hmm. god he's so abusive to me like now mm-hmm. we understand why he abused him because you won't let that man 
be himself. You won't let him be be him. And it's 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 crazy that we keep on having these situations where we just go right to abuse. And and this could be the last subject because we only got a couple minutes. So now okay. the latest issue on the board is um Jaguar Wright. If y'all don't know her, um I she love was her. a she was a singer back in like the 90s or so. Mm -hmm. She's accusing, right, she's accusing of or is this rape or sexual abuse? Sexual what? sexual misconduct. It's, it's more so will be sexual misconduct, but people are going to the, the extreme of rape or inappropriate acts. She alleges that one day she was in a relationship with him he woke her up and allegedly his penis was like at her mouth. Now, I'm not here to tell anybody what they like sexually or how they like it, but I'm saying ultimately Facebook is not the platform for you to air your grievances. She was actually on Instagram and she was on Instagram with another woman who was clearly clearly being entertained by her telling her this in front of all these people that was watching. Facebook is not the platform to reveal trauma. It's just not. Because it's people not. are being entertained by what you're saying. They're, they're being entertained said, by your hurt. She said this was common. Right. Common sense. Common. Common. She said, Carmen woke her up with trying to put his penis in her mouth. Now, I'm not, it's not a fact of believing because he may very well have did that. <laughs> and you woke up to him. And I'm not, I don't want people to think I'm laughing. What I'm laughing at is the context of, all right, we're in, because I know when my but lady... She'll wake me up in the morning and I ain't even thinking about that. And it's right. just like, all right. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. But they're connecting. So I, we all okay. know Carmen's She's saying he raped her, basically. It, it was never, it's never clear. Maybe when you watch it, you may hear something differently. But I don't think he succeeded. But in my mind, if you woke up to him, it was, were you like in a, a music studio and he did this? Were you in his bed? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying this? to contact. Like, were you staying the night at his house? Y'all slept in the yeah, same bed, see, roll over. Like, that hey, type of information really in you today's know. world, that that type of information is 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 conveniently left out. Right. Because and I got to get I don't to like. the meat and potatoes. Right. I don't like that. That's what I don't like. And, and that's why. You know how no, your you and sister I... is out of control. I'm about to ban her. She's about to be kicked out. She's what? out of control. She said he was just checking for strep throat. <laughs> I can't. It, it was just, and, and this is the problem that I have with us doing this. So before you go to a lawyer, before you go to a therapist, before you go mm -hmm. to anybody crucial, the police, you go to Facebook. So now public opinion is now. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, and this is these are the comments. Uh, I believe it because he's kind of a media whore, and he only he only goes for women who are like the it girl. You know, now he's with um, 
she she tells us that none of us knew he was in a relationship with Lauren Hill. We knew he had a fling something with with uh so she she dated him after Lauren Hill dumped him and before he got with um allegedly before he got with which one call it. But now this making me mad because I'm now I'm talking oh, Erica Badu. Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. And now he's with, you know, this one. He didn't work with Serena Williams because right. this is the type of man he is. And I it, I have a problem because this is your opinion. It may not mm-hmm. be the actual story, but now right. we we tried him, we convicted him. And my thing is, even if it was, like, was that uncommon behavior for them? Was it like, um, Ms. Yes. may I enter thy vagina, please? Like, may right. I take my sexual organ and apply like it seemed like but you know that's the culture now you gotta at what all these blurred lines like see this is the kind of stuff you need to be talked about because man you got all this what is consent type of what okay but but there's, Tyson, there's right? all these added steps so we know what it is right but now there's all these added steps to it and now if i feel there was a case back a while ago with another like i think he was an indian actor he uh basically he basically said, okay, he basically said um, he was in a, they was in the middle of it. And at the middle of it, mm-hmm. she just decided she didn't want it anymore. And she didn't say right. anything. And non, she said she gave him non-verbal cues. So with right. that, I, I want to I wanna bring up, I, I, we're going to research a couple topics, a couple cases like this, and we're going to bring this back to you on Friday. And we're going to have okay. our old Trump talk, because I know Marty, like, where the fuck is the Trump talk at? But we gonna hey, have money. I got you. In fact, I want I want to make sure we gotta give money thirty minutes so I can tear that ass out on the show. Oh, bro, wait a minute. You had to I'm go to his show for that. You had to. I think you had to. You go tried to it. Play. Oh, you tried I'm it. <laughs> you tried that one. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. we need a special edition of talk lately. I think he's challenging you <laughs> to a special edition of talk. Marty already know he can't handle me. I dealt with him last week. Off well, all so, I can say is to what you just said just now yeah. is that 15,000 15, more people oh, that died. 15,000 more people. 15,000 people done died in the last week since we talked last. So um, I, considering That's that good. fact, I guess that does it. Your whole conversation is dead to me. <laughs> I'm going to just take over this conversation right now. We can get off air. But this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Next up it is the Cocktail Social with Blue Waters and all of his uh, shenanigans and the lovely people of that show. So without further ado, it is it's the end. We'll be back on Monday. We have a special guest coming. And me and Curtis will be back on Friday. So peace out. Classroom about basic knowledge of how to be respectful. But those things need to be taught at home. I should not be mm-hmm. teaching you how to fold clothes in second period. That's that. Right. That's that's not no no. Oh, I, have to, I think he brought up last week.